To Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where nobody does it better. And betters that have future tickets on the Blues hope that nobody could do it better than them now. There's a guy out there that has a $400 ticket. He bet him when they were 250 to 1. $400, this man might win 100000 He's quoted as saying, no hedge. I don't need it. Ooh. Look where he finds himself All now. Right. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5, at Josh Jordan 97.5, at Carlson Radio, at Jerry Bo Knows. Just a quick talk about this Stanley Cups. The way that – what would push you to betting – Putting substantial, you know, four hundred bucks on a team that's two hundred and fifty to one when they were last in the division, and now this guy's got a chance to win a hundred grand. Oh man, I, I, you got to have a decent amount of money if you're just gonna throw around four hundred bucks like that. So before the the series, uh, the season, the St. Louis Blues were projected to get ninety five and a half points. They ended up with ninety nine, but it didn't. All go so well around the January 28th mark. They slipped into the last place odds of the Stanley Cup, 250 to 1. At that point, this guy happened to be in Vegas, and he went and said, they're going to turn things around. <laughs> Here's $400 that says so. And the rest is history. It's just crazy to think that someone actually did that, and they got another ticket, $200 to win fifty grand. Somebody else did that, and it's just... I wish, I wish I would have thought that, but it's hard. Like just let's, let's think of football, for example, when a team gets off to a to a slow start, and then you start hearing the uh, when it's zero and three or zero and four, and then you start seeing those stats come around that they throw on, and they say teams that start zero and four have only made the playoffs mm-hmm. two out of the last X amount of years, and you start telling yourself, well, then they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. So when you find a gym like this, you got to enjoy it, no doubt. I mean you. When the Texans started 0-3, you know, you probably could have got some great value on them winning the division. So, but, I mean, these are like lotto tickets, right? I mean, when did these pay off? And that's the thing. That's impressive to me is that he put 400 bucks on this lotto ticket. You know, like that's... Like, what were you yeah, doing? What yeah. time of night was this at? I need to see what time, how <laughs> right? much alcohol was involved. I need to see it. No doubt. Sometimes you have some clarity when you've had a few cocktails. So, maybe you just had a good feeling. And, man, it can pay off big time. Something that didn't pay off. 41-year-old man suspected in the theft of women's underwear was found in possession of 400 pairs. By the look of the picture here, they got it laid out whenever you see a drug bust and they have all like the the drugs, the cocaine bricks laid out. And they they got the cops standing where they got 400 panties in plastic bags. (laughs) And... This isn't his first time. Basically, this guy, his family had reported him a few years back saying that they had somebody in their family basically that had a panty problem. <laughs> panty he had problem. 395 garments is what they ended up finding. He said, I wanted to, I, because I wanted underwear, I stole the pair. And that, that was his explanation. He got caught <laughs> reaching over a balcony. <laughs> this guy was brave. So basically, someone was out there. I don't know why. They're, they're drying panties. 
out on a old school like a clothesline <laughs> or on the on the and then all of a sudden you just see a hand just panty bandit. Panty bandit. You look and all you see is your panties gone. I'm glad to see this guy go down. I'm glad to see him get what he's got coming to him for years. They said 10 years ago he was reported. 10. 10 by his family. If your family reports you for being a panty thief, then there's a problem. There's a big problem. And yet, you got to see the picture of this. I mean, all the panties are like vacuum sealed in their own little plastic bags. And there's just hundreds of them in the photo. It's ridiculous. Man, that's just fantastic, though. But with all the cameras around now, but what are you going to do? Like... <laughs> Try and put up signs like this guy stole my panties, like a sketch artist, and like hanging up all over town. Like you're just gonna get away with it. But if you're drying your panties on a clothesline, those are probably gonna. If they get snatched, that's kind of on you, right? I yeah. mean, you're leaving them out. Yeah, lock them up, throw away the key, as they should with this guy, a poop bandit. <laughs> a poop bandit is out there. Basically, poop has hit the fan in Bridgeport. There's a poop vandal going around out there, and he's basically spreading feces on homes and car door handles, and it's happening all over the place. So you come out to your car. Some people are in restaurants. They're coming out after a nice dinner, a graduation celebration, and you go to open the car, and now you got poop on your fingernails. Dude, that is so gross. It's a, so we have a panty bandit and a poop bandit. It's happened at least a dozen times in the last week, <laughs> this poop. We in college, some of my friends played that prank on somebody. They they literally they had a neighbor they had an issue with in the middle of the night. They did their thing on the hood of the person's car and put a little flag in it that said "poop bandits" on the hood. And apparently, they were a little too loud getting into their apartment, so somebody noticed and called the cops. And uh, yeah, the cops showed up, banging on the door. They knew who was responsible for it. The funny part was it got him in trouble is that the cop accidentally got some poop on him. And uh, he was not too pleased about that, Jerry. I'm sure you can imagine. This guy they have on camera, but no one's been able to identify him. He usually hits around 3 to 5 a.m., so people out in Bridgeport, please keep an eye out. He runs around with a duffel bag full of paper towels and with <laughs> what I'm guessing is a bunch of dog feces. And he's out there. He's attacking. And I just... The guy that wrote this story I read, and he went back to his college years, and he said they would sit at a bar, and they would get the table right next to the glass, and then they would do it in the parking lot, and they would watch the person through the glass, so whenever the person gets it in their finger, and they look around like, what the? Then you see three guys sitting there drinking a pitcher laughing at you. I would be pissed. <laughs> it's poop again. <laughs> that is hilarious, man. That. What's the motive behind this, though? Like, you're not making any money. You're not, like, stealing anything. You, this is all just... An elaborate prank. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it either. I don't man. like that. Not one bit. No, th that's not cool. What would you do? But I mean, there's nobody around. What are you gonna do? You're just that's gonna one wipe of the worst pranks ever, though. Like under under your car handle, your yeah. door handle, because that's not where you. I've heard of bubble gum too, and that's bad. Sure. Is it his own? That's that's. That's devious, but... Yeah, this is worse than the old banana on the tailpipe. You know, this is worse than that. Just the whole act of collecting the feces, <laughs> putting them in a duffel bag, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, dip, uh, make sure enough smears on the paper towel, you know what I mean? It's just, like, your hands have to permanently smell through that, unless he's wearing gloves or whatever, but it's just, what leads you to do this? There's, forget the bubble gum. Oh, this is much worse. I, I don't know, it... 
Where did you find this article? This is a real thing? Oh, this is real, and people are after him. I'm telling you, people are after him. It's, it was 12 in one week. This guy struck 12 times, and it's got, they have him on camera. They, have him on, they just can't identify him. He's quick. If anybody has been struck by the poop bandit, please give us a call, 713-780-ESPN. We want to hear from you. We want to, you've done this before. <laughs> if you are up to any kind of tricks out there right now, we'll leave this anonymous. Yeah, we won't tell anybody. We just want to hear these these tricks because when he said this, I'm thinking, man, that's, that's bad. How many people are out there trying to pull things like this? Well, I mean, that's worse than setting the poop on fire on the doorstep, right? Because... Like what was that? Happy Gilm or at a uh, yeah Billy Madison? Billy Madison. Yeah, you know, so you stomp on it, that sucks. But at least you're not getting it on your fingers. Like that's that's much much worse. Ooh, I just I don't know what's going on here. Let's go to break because this <laughs> is getting out of control. You listen to Moneyline ESPN ninety seven five. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. 713-780-3776 is the jam. Moneyline is the squad at Josh Jordan 97.5 at Carlson Radio. My man Brazilian Hector out there and your boy Jerry Bow knows with a Z. With a Z. Goal England. 1-0. Quick goal. We have the over. We gave out the over. I like the sound of that. Easy money. We're halfway there. Now, let's talk a little bit more NFL because a lot of money will be, I guess, decided on people that back the Chiefs and one Tyreek Hill. No doubt. Now we're getting news that they're no longer investigating him, let's say, criminally, right? Right. So some people are saying green light. He could be back. Yeah, it looks like the, the investigation, it seems, is closed. So it looks like the NFL Network's reporting, barring any further developments, there's every reason to believe that Tyreek Hill will be back with the Chiefs before the start of next month's training camp. So, man, how this thing has shifted and gone back and forth over the last couple months. I mean, the Chiefs were smart to just kind of get out in front of this and you know, just kind of send him away from the facility until they figure out what's going on because they already look bad because of the Kareem Hunt incident. So it makes sense what they did here. But this is big for the Chiefs, obviously. And, I mean, we do a lot of fantasy football talk on this show. We're going to start getting into that more and more. We're starting to get a little closer to the season. But let's talk about this. Tyreek Hill, that that means everything for Patrick Mahomes' value for fantasy and the type of year he might have, what the Chiefs might do as far as win total this year. That's everything. He's their big play guy, probably the fastest player in the NFL. I mean, that's that's huge. I think it also helps Damian Williams, the Chiefs running back. You get a lot of light boxes when you're worried about Tyra, uh when you're talking about Tyree Kill getting behind you. You have to worry about that. So that could help out Damian Williams as well. How confident are you in drafting them this year and that everything goes as a – again, we'll probably have uh, – we will have the concrete news by then, by the times we're drafting, but is this somebody that you're just – he doesn't drop any? He's, he's just going right back to where he was? No. I mean, if the investigation is closed, then it has to be a, another incident. And, 
if he's at training camp, he's in preseason games, everything looks good to go, then I'd take a flyer on him. He was a difference maker last year. He, he was incredible. So I think I think you have to just go with that. You have to take a risk, I yeah. guess. And a lot of people are coming down on the Chiefs, though, saying that criminals, right? basically kind of things like that. But at the end of the day, I guess it's more on the NFL to do their investigations, with they, which they said they dropped, basically. So <sighs> remember, you read that report about some of those text messages that maybe she kind of set him up a little bit. There was a report about that. So, you know, maybe this is kind of where he was made to look bad and, you know, in a relationship and, you know, a battle over the custody of the kid and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know all the details, so let's not get into that. But it, it looks like the issue is closed for now. Yeah. So if they're not going to bring up any charges, I, I can't see Roger Goodell really doing anything at this point. Well, sometimes the NFL decides to do their own, like with Zeke. Yeah. Remember, they said, no, we're going to do our own investigations. But as far as this particular case, the NFL went on to explain that the absence of an active criminal investigation has no impact on Hill's status, and the league has delayed any investigation based on the pending Child Protective Services proceeding. Yeah, I mean, this is just one of those things where fortunately, hopefully, you don't have to make a decision on this until we it have more information. It hit a soft spot, let's be real. Yeah. And it looks bad. Not every criminal act has the same, I guess, repercussions or thoughts to the public. Whenever you mess with a kid or a woman, those those get tended to rather say somebody got caught with some drugs. And not right. to say any of it's correct. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying whenever you touch a kid, usually you hear about the, the, the women, the domestic abuse, and, sure. and that's bad, and you see how they get treated. Whenever you hear a kid, like, remember when Adrian Peterson, the yeah. news was like, oh, my gosh, like, you can't do that. And that's when, and don't get me wrong. I'm all for it. I'm all for the for the for the kid being safe. And, and I want to make sure that at the end of all this football aside, gambling, fantasy aside, that that kid is in safe hands. And that's all that should matter. Sure. Now, it, and that's why it was so tricky. It was so scary with the headline. And, I mean, the kid had a broken arm. I mean, that's a big deal. You don't just break an arm yeah. on an arm pool. Right. Like. I was bad as a kid. I had my arm pulled multiple times. Many times I thought it might have got dislocated, but it never went to that. And I'm just joking. I'm jiving. Like, I mean, I've had pinches, pulls, and never did, was there a break. And that's what was so scary about this and why they reacted the way they did. I mean, that's a big deal. If he was responsible for this, you know, he's got to be gone. But it looks like they don't have evidence to prove that. So we'll see what happens with the Chiefs. They're still got to be the best option to dethrone the Patriots in the AFC this year, especially if they have him. And that audio as well, though, that also set yeah. him back as well when he said, you should be scared of me. Yeah. Is that the way he talks to Mahomes if he don't throw him the ball in third down? <laughs> don't break Mahomes' arm. That'd be a problem. <laughs> oh, please don't yeah. break Mahomes' arm. Because according to Tyron Matthew, it's 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 lovely, let's say. He's, yeah. They both, I mean, I, that's what you want, though. Yeah, they're, they're challenging each other in practice. They're having fun. Challenging each other Mahomes loves, he's saying he loves the way, the things that Matthew brings to them. Sucks for a Texans fan, I guess, but I guess that's what Matthew does, though, because we look back last year going into season, he said and did all the right things, right? You, yeah. He said all the right things. He tried, the, what was it, the the Glory Boys? <laughs> I mean, RIP. RIP, they're gone. But you know what? He made a ton of money. I'm okay with them letting him walk out the door. He was a good player, but, man, they had to pay him a ton. For sure. You know, if they're going to have to pay Clowney and 
you know, Deshaun Watson coming up. Yeah, I didn't care to keep him. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think what he what his what he's worth was what his on field production is. Don't get me wrong, not to say he's a scrub or anything like that. Sure, I just don't think he is what he's perceived to be anymore. No, I'm with you. And another guy that you know, besides uh, Tyree Kill, that we're talking about, wondering if they're going to be available this year. Todd Gurley, right, comes out this week. We talked about this last week. You asked me would I still take him in the first round. I said, yeah. And then you asked me would I take him over Le'Veon Bell. And uh, I believe there was one other player that you mentioned in there. And I, I was actually okay with, with going with Todd Gurley. I think I have changed my opinion. It looks like they're not going to count on him to be the workhorse anymore. It's not going to be around 20, 22 carries for him every week. It's probably going to be, they said, maybe around 17 carries a week. You know, maybe with a, a couple passes here or there that he catches. So, man, this is big news, especially for fantasy. If you're in Dynasty or if you're just a Rams fan or NFL fan in general, you know, it looks like Gurley he's not going to be relied on to tote the ball that much. It might be a nice value if you can get him in the third round and take his backup in the seventh or eighth round. That might be some nice value there. But I think you got to reconsider what's going to happen with Todd Gurley. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared be. because... You ask yourself, we've been being, uh, how long was I lied to? Yeah. That's the question here because they, they led you to believe that he was okay, that we saw the workload slowly digress. Mm-hmm. And you ask yourself, what's going on here? Are they saving them for the playoffs? Or, and then once the playoffs got there, they, it was still nothing. Yep. You, you went into, left that Super Bowl game with the words of McVeigh saying that everything was okay. So you guys were lying? It, it seems like it. At least they're trying to soften the blow. And Gurley said he feels good. They just talked to him the other day. I, I just think this is one of those deals where some days he's going to feel just fine, and sometimes he's he's going to be in a little bit of pain. And from day to day, that's going to that's gonna change. It looks like it's arthritis, and that's just something he's going to have to deal with. I saw Terrell Davis on the NFL Network, former Broncos running back, and he talked about it. And remember, his career was ended by bad knee issues, right? His career ended a little early. He was a great player. And he said when he watched Gurley, it kind of reminded him of himself in the last season that he played. And what he talked about was, you know, you feel fine one day, and then you know, after practice or after a game, you, you got to get your knee drained, and then it doesn't feel right. He's like, so you'll play one game, and you'll look good, you'll make some good cuts, and then your knee will swell up, and it'll feel so bad, like you have to miss a game or two. And then you're back, and, and you're okay, but then, so you keep having to miss games, and you keep not recovering as quickly. And if he's already seeing that with Todd Gurley now at his young age, I mean, that's terrifying for, for the Rams and that big contract they gave him. NFL Network's Maurice Jones-Drew came on earlier this week, and he said that there's belief that Gurley was injured in week one versus the Raiders, and basically he kept playing with it and didn't really see it as that big of a deal, so he didn't want to be on the injury reports. Also, the fact that in the NFL, whenever someone like a running back is on an injury report, you know what your head as a sure. defender, you know where your head, the way you tackle, it's slightly different. Just It's just just the common sense of the game. So yeah. instead of letting everyone know, like, hey, I have a little problem going on here, it put me on the injury report, it was more of a, t- uh, 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 let me not say anything because I don't want the opponent. I don't think it's that that crucial. I'll, I'll probably heal. Let me not say anything to give the opponent 
a, a bullseye. Exactly. And that makes sense. And But this happens, right? When guys play through injury, sometimes they make it worse. With Doug Baldwin this year, remember he came out before the season in like August, and Doug Baldwin was like, I'm like 85% guys, you know, but I, I'm going to play. And look what happened. He tried to play through it, and man, he's retiring now. You know, eventually you keep pushing through enough of these injuries and you keep breaking up all that cartilage in your knee and you don't get it taken care of and it can lead to the end of your career. So, you know, maybe Gurley should have, you know, if that happened week one, like maybe should have rested that a little bit. You know, obviously hindsight's, you know, twenty twenty now. And that's when he was running great, though. Remember, he came out blazing. That's why if you're a Gurley owner, you're reluctant to even trade him right now. You'll probably get... There's that guy out there right now trying to ascend, and we're talking about in these dynasty leagues. That yeah. People are trying to send you moves right now, whether it's for Tyreek Hill. People have question marks, whether it's a girly. There's someone out there willing to take that chance. The question is, how do you perceive him? Because if you're an owner, you think about the good times. Oh, yeah, of course. You think about those good times when he was going off. He finally got involved in the pass game this year. Big time. That, yeah. was, a, that was a big focal point, and that he did. He was going off, throwing up, 20, what, 25, 26 points every game. Just easy, it's amazing. easy. Yeah. And now that's why you're more like saying he's worth to you more than what he's worth to someone else because you're saying i know what he can do you're going to the table and 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 negotiations in the fantasy football world saying i know i got me a horse and the other guy's saying well that horse is broken Mm -hmm. but i'm i'll be glad to take him because i don't got anything what we got so it's tough it's tough yeah you might roll the dice you you might if you need some upside but you're probably gonna have to carry two roster spots for him you gotta have his backup you gotta have his backup because the potential what if he and he 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 said to be going into the draft a lot of people loved him and to get a chance in that specific offense yeah it, it could pay off big so man we got a lot more stuff to get to we're up against it here nba finals talk when we return you're listening to moneyline espn 97.5 Call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Dial the phone. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson, Hector. I don't even know Hector's last name. I was about to say... Hector Brazilian. <laughs> My man Hector, though, he takes care of all the podcasting and all the phone calls, making sure everything gets routed correctly. We greatly appreciate that. Welcome back to the squad from vacation. And at Jerry Bow Knows with a Z, we are back in full effect and back just in time to talk a big basketball game. Big game. Big game. Some big bets coming up. Man, this is everything. I Let's kind of just wade into the water slowly here. Let's Let's kind of talk this thing through. Kevin Durant, just right now, you think he's going to play? I'm jumping in with one floaty. We're going to go in slow. One floaty. No. No. 
Yeah, I mean, let, I don't either. Um, I believe Andrew has a little bit of audio for us here on Kevin Durant. We'll get to that in just a minute. So if he doesn't go, what do you think happens? A three-point spread? Toronto's favored? Everything in me wants to say that Toronto closes this out. Do you really see this ending like this? It's tough. Like, you never think it's going to end, but everything always comes to an end at some point. They're not going to keep winning championships forever. I mean, pre series, you know? what if somebody told you it was going to end like this? You would think they were crazy, right? I, I was thinking it would end in five the other way. Me too, but it's all the, the injuries, man. It, the timing was perfect. It really was for the Raptors to take this. Just you know, especially with the clay injury and Durant was already out. But you know, even though he played the other night, you know, he's still not a hundred percent. We know that. So, yeah, I'm shocked. We talked about this before the series started, and remember, you were tempted to fire on the on Toronto from the beginning. And I was. I, I knew there would be another spot to get your money back. Yeah. To, to be able to hedge it. That's exactly what you got going on now. I regret it. Again, yeah, me too. It, it was that being scared of what's on the other side, but all these great dynasties that have ever existed, they have to have a point where it comes to an end. Yeah. And it's just, are we willing to say? And, I, and I'm not saying that they come to an end; they'll be back. That they, 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 you know, they've built it the right way, but it, to where they're unbeatable. Because whenever they got cousins, and I'm not going to say I wasn't one of them, when they got cousins, I remember hearing that news, and I was just like, oh man, this is over. I'm not even. What's the point of watching basketball? Yeah, there's not even point. They're not going to get beat. Yeah, like, and now that Cousins didn't even pan out or, you know what I mean? And it's not even him just exactly like, just a piece of everything. And I hate that it'll be, always be an asterisk next mm-hmm. to this because people are going to say, Warrior fans going to say, well, no, that dynasty would have kept going at least one more. We would have got that one more before KD left and they'll continue to live on. Golden State will be just fine. But I never thought that it would be in this position. No, I didn't. But it makes sense, right? Think how many times the Warriors have advanced and done well because they had injuries against their opponents and the series got easier for them. So they've had a lot of a lot of luck go their way with injuries to the teams they're playing. So this is just finally coming full circle. The you know, you play enough games, eventually it's gonna shake out, regress to the mean, and you're gonna have injuries as much as other teams are too. History tells you that over the twenty four playoff games that the the Warriors lose their previous game in the playoffs. 17 and 7 straight up, 14 and 10 against the spread. They win by an average of 9.9 points, basically double digits on that next game. Man, this one's tough. You know, it I thought I would see them pull it out with emotion the other night with Clay coming back and they just they couldn't they started off really nice, but I thought you know, it, when yeah. they started I said, "Wow, this is about to be yeah. a punch in the mouth. Let's get let's get out of here. They stole one game." Yep. And that's all they can get for. Now, it was funny because at halftime you heard the guys on TV say, as bad as Raptors, uh, the Raptors have played, they're only down, what, four points. Right. And that made it sat in your head like, yeah, they're right. Only four points? Did you think it would be anything to this? And I know not exactly like at, the, at this extremity, but. I mean, coming into the series, I thought it was going to be Golden State in six even if KD didn't play. Me too. But obviously I think everybody underestimated what Toronto's role players were going to bring to the table. We knew they had a good team. I don't think we knew that they were going to step up to this extent. 
Fred Van Vliet's been a human inferno for. I mean, I know he's cool. He cooled off in the past couple of games, but before that, he had been shooting something like sixty odd percent from three, which is just unbelievable. Siakam's had a couple fantastic games, especially yeah. that game one. And I knew their defense was going to be able to give the Warriors fits. I didn't expect it to be to this extent. Yeah, and that last game, coming out of halftime, we spoke of how they barely show, or they were barely down. What happened right after halftime? Kawhi came up and hit two threes. He was uh, big, yeah. He, he walked up and just, I'm talking about pulled the trigger. No one on that second one, and then the Warriors took a timeout. He walked up there, no rebounders or anything. He, I, I believe he rebounded it, dribbled it all the way up, went straight to the three-point line. It was a, it looked like an ugly shot, just straight up, just bam, timeout. It, it, he wasn't going to let that game go. Now, he's been, he's had his moments because that sometimes whenever you're in the second or th- quarter, you see his stats and you're thinking, wow, he's only sitting on like nine points, 10, 12 points, but he's getting to the line, you see. Yep. And then he'll have that moment, third or fourth quarter, where he takes over. His his role players have to do just enough to set him up in that position to where they say, okay, we've got you here. Here you go. No doubt. And especially we keep waiting for these third quarters where the Warriors typically run away from you. It was Kawhi that really came on in the third quarter and you know put his stamp on that game. And I guess you talked about this last week. Like teams know to account for that with the Warriors, right? That third quarter, yeah. everybody knows about it. It's coming. It's got to be bulletin material yeah. in the locker room during halftime. Sure, you know, just don't let them get too far ahead. They're going to make a little run, but don't panic. Just you know, go back, get another bucket. So that that's been the Warriors' big weapon for a couple years now, and you don't see it against the Raptors. They're playing good defense. Sticking with that third quarter, though, what happens if they don't make that third quarter run game two? Would this could be a sweep? Yeah, imagine. Just think about that. If they don't make that run, which was a hell of a run, yep, this might be a sweep. I can't believe that. And it it shows you they they depend on that. They depend on putting their their foot on your throat in the third quarter and dropping tons of points on you. And when it doesn't happen, and it's been happening less than it's been happening in this series, they lose. I mean, look where we are. It's, it's crazy. If you had to, now that you think of it, when it's easy to say now that you see Toronto actually was able to give them. But if you build a team, and that's the way you want to build it, length. Yeah. Shooters, three-point, good three-point shooting. Good three-point shooters. Got big guys that could shoot the three. Yeah. Finals experience, some. You know, where they got green coming along. That's that finals experience. And then at the end of the day, a superstar that can play both ways. No doubt. And they're using their guys. You know, where the Rockets kind of, you know, didn't want to use their bench. I mean, you see Gasol getting in there. And they're, they're using their guys with Toronto. They're, they're defending well. And you'd like to see that a little more with the Rockets. Like, you know, use some more of your players. You know, Raptors have done a good job of doing that. Like Ibaka and Gasol being on the court at the same time, two big guys just kind of throwing a different look at them. We talked about the Rockets being too predictable. You know, it'd be nice to see them kind of mix it up a little bit just to just to see if it worked. How crazy was it to see Looney out there hooping good? I mean, he he, he contributed. Yeah. After that injury, when they said Looney's playing, I said, man, they're going to use him as a as a deke. I mean, well, I'm not sure they even have decoys on in, in basketball. They're going to use him as another body, let's say. But he was out there hooping, getting putbacks, hustling. No doubt about it. And I, that kind of brings me full circle. We were talking about this before the break. There might be a really nice bet to be made here on who's going to win MVP. 
We're going to drop that bet in this last segment. Yep. We, make sure you stick with us. We, we have a bet. We have a max bet, a kidney. I might put a kidney on this really? thing. And this is one we just kind of noticed. Like, this is kind of going under the radar. When we get back, we're going to drop a bomb on your bookie. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on this last segment, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to talk anything, you got a prediction coming up. You got last week we had a college baseball better. I've been following them. Yeah. Bet the college yeah, bet the college baseball overs. It makes sense and they've been hitting at a ridiculous nice. rate. I was just talking to Cody. He's been doing this well. Um those college overs hit. So if you're listening out there, shout out to our guy Tyler. He called in last week, gave us some uh winners. Let's talk about somebody that might not be winning here and sticking along with the Raptors, the NBA Finals topic. Kawhi Leonard and uh, went on to cost McDonald millions of dollars is what you hear, free fries during the season. What, do, what are your thoughts when you read this? <laughs> well, how much was the amount of the free fries? Did they put a number on, on how much it was? It was something ridiculous. I can't believe. 700,000 orders, I know that. Oh, man. That's crazy. I kind of like when they do this stuff. I guess it's better than the... The Texans for tacos deal that they run here in town, where if the Texans score a touchdown, you win a you win a free taco. I, I guess it's a little better than that. So basically, they made a deal with uh, the McDonald's with the Raptors, and they basically said uh, they'll give away free fries for every made twelve three pointers in the game. Whew. Well, without Kawhi and a lot of these changes, they didn't really hit that mark many times. So they thought this was kind of a deal, great promotion, but. Come to find out, it's it's been killing them millions. I'm not too worried about McDonald's. I think they uh, <laughs> they got some money. I think they'll be okay. I'm sure they probably took out some type of insurance or something. So I, I bet they'll be all right. Basically, they've hit it 43 out of the 82 regular season games. They hit that mark. Man. So they were giving out a lot of fries at an average of 289 that's pretty expensive for fries. Let me get. Let me. Let me add. But five point four million worth of fries here. <laughs> Dude, that is a lot of salt. A lot of d- delicious fries. Which brings me to the question: McDonald's best French fries of all the fast food places? It dip- I, I I I do. It depends because there's skinny fry guy and then there's crunchy fry guy. Yeah. guy. So it depends what you are. I do like those as far as the smaller, thinner type. Me too, Andrew. Probably on nine nine days out of ten, but every once in a while, man, I'm telling you those curly fries from Arby's. Ooh, those yeah. things are like every once in a while, those hit Ooh. the spot real nice. They're kind of similar to the curly fries from Jack in the Box too. Those are pretty good. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with McDonald's number one, and I'm gonna go with the curly fries number two. What about the waffle fries from Chick Fil A? Those are in a category of its own. Those are pretty good, right? Especially if you get them well done. Shout out to Raheel. <laughs> Shout out to Raheel. That's the secret, right? If you ask for no salt, they have to cook you fresh new fries. And then you ask for packets of salt. It's it's like the most finessing the game kind of thing. But uh, all right, I just wanted to, 
I needed your thoughts on that because I'm a big French fry guy. So I was just curious. I'm a big French fry guy. I'm a I'm a big going to uh, to the restroom in the lights. We're currently out of power here. I just went on a basically had to go to the to the restroom during break and basically it was a I feel blind that there's there's no lights. Luckily we have I guess we're running off a generator here, yeah. but uh the building has no lights and I think I saw somebody urinating in the in the in the in the water fountain. <laughs> like, bro, that's why are you trying to flush the water fountain? Keep walking. It's just it's dark out there. I know. I just I turned around. I turned around. <laughs> Seriously, I turned around. I said, this is too much for me. I don't want to. I don't know where to go. But uh, what you got? What do you want to close the show out with for the people, man? Uh, did you see? Uh, I just thought this was kind of funny. Uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky quarterback for the Bears. Did you see where uh, Jim McMahon gave him a, a headband and, and sunglasses, kind of like, you know, the old 85 Bears? You remember how big a deal Jim McMahon was back then? And, like, he came out of, of like, the draft, like, drinking a beer in the limo and, you know, with the sunglasses and the spiky hair. That's when spiky haircuts were actually not something most people had. And then I think eventually it kind of turned into a sweet mullet. But uh, I think that's kind of cool. Like, bring back... The Bears used to be fun, man. They were the party team. Like, you'd never see a, a, a quarterback draft pick cracking open a beer as he comes to hang out with the team Remember after they had the, the Bears draft. Rap. Yeah. They had that Bears yeah, rap? Yeah, the Super Bowl shuffle, man. Yeah, like, yeah, that was yeah. it. That was it, the Super Bowl. So, uh, it, that was... That team was in the league of their own at that time. They were Dude. ahead of their time. Yeah, they were They were all celebrities, man. That was that was when football was It was really awesome back then. It really kind of started changing, and, you know, you'd see it more in the mainstream. And I remember Jim McMahon being in that movie, Johnny Be Good. That's the only reason Dang, I wanted to see I re- that movie. I you remember that? about that. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason I wanted to go see the movie, and it turns out he had, like, a, a two-second cameo. Was, there he is. They there got he is. me. There he is. And then he was off the screen. But, uh, dude, McMahon, that, that was awesome. So it's cool to see... NFC North's getting kind of interesting as far as these quarterbacks. And did you see also, too, that Tom Brady came out and chugged that beer the other night to kind of show up Aaron Rodgers? So now we've got Mitch Trubisky doing it. We've got Stafford doing it. And now Tom Brady. I just saw another one I can't think. I just saw someone else chug one yesterday, I believe. But, yeah, it's becoming a thing. If I think they prepare for it, too. Oh, who was it, it was, last did you night? See Adam, was, did you see Adam Schefter try and do it? No. And the beer was just all spilling down his chin. And, <laughs> man, it was terrible. They did it on, like, NFL Live or something the other day. It was with, like, Dan Orlovsky, former Texans quarterback. Uh, it, it was the two of them. And Orlovsky, no problem, just drank it down. And Schefter was just – he embarrassed himself. He had beer all over him. That's hilarious, man. So speaking with uh, – speaking about these all-time teams, you talked about the old Bears – New England, as far as teams of the decade, from 2010 on, this team, the Patriots, 129 and 37, win percentage of 777. Once this year's over, the decade's in the book, the 10-year sample size, they'll be the most winning team in any decade. So then you ask yourself, who are they beating? The 1970s Cowboys, 119 and 46, followed by the Dolphins in the 1970s, also 112 and 44. When we get older... We'll talk about oh yeah because my age for example and I know some of you guys are older out there and you can say man I live that but like say being a Steeler fan you know and people talk about the steel curtain I didn't get to to live that I didn't get to live the seventies Cowboys yep. but whenever twenty years thirty years from now whenever people talk about the two thousand ten around there Patriots you would say I got to see a lot of that he my team was thrashed by them 
no doubt about it. And I just think of all those, you know, rivalry games with the Colts and the Patriots and the AFC Championship game every year with, you know, Peyton Manning versus Brady. You know, it didn't get much better than that. And I think it speaks to how great this Patriots run has been because they had Peyton Manning directly in front of them like every year for like a decade. And they seem to just own the Colts in those matchups. I mean, they they went through some really good Colts teams, and the Patriots have earned it, man. They 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 deserve every bit of that. They just keep come back and come back. And it's Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and so I spoke from 2010 to the to to now. After this next year, it'll be that sample size. And then we said the 1970s Cowboys, the Dolphins. Who's fourth on the list? The 2000 to 2009 Patriots. <laughs> so you're talking about first and fourth, and the gap is there. I mean, there's no gap in between those. So basically from 2000 to 2009, they're fourth, 2010 to, uh, to present day next year, uh, they'll be the best of all time. So over a 20-year, two decades, they were that much more dominant. That's what we've had to live through. Again, we talk about... And not to give any passes or anything, but at the end of the day, we, we sometimes are harsh and we have to be subjective. And it comes down to, uh, like me, whenever I, it's all said and done, I'll say the Steelers were never able to jump that Patriots. Tomlin can never beat Brady. Or when the Rockets is going to say from this little sample size di- these years, they went up against the Warriors. So you're going up against teams that are going to be in the record books for long times after we're here. These teams will always be remembered. And now you're just happen to be the team that, that was built in that same era and you are going up against them. Somebody has to. Somebody has to. But it's it sucks that it happens to be you in a moment that you maybe had one of your best players in, in not to say franchise because the Rockets have had many players, but Harden's going to be seeming it up there as well. And it sucks because in a, in a way you ask yourself, like what if that team specific wasn't in front like that's why a lot of people were pushing for the Clippers like please knock them out because I just want to see I want to know in my in my mind where the Rockets uh, what would the Rockets uh, Raptors finals would have been like what would that be like I, I'm curious you know what I mean I'm curious what would Rockets Bucks if the Bucks would have gone that's what I want to see and we'll never know that but I, I would love to have seen that because it, that would have gave me more of a measure of where the Rockets are uh, now as to where they were last year or the last three years. It, that would give you more of a measure against a regular team. You could say, okay, they lost to them. That Okay, but this is always going to be that. That's an all-time team. It is, and it's just poor timing. And, and you hope from the NFL standpoint that with Deshaun Watson and the Texans that you know, Brady, I mean, he can't keep playing much longer. My Lord. I mean, we keep saying that, but I got to imagine this is probably the last year, maybe one more. So hopefully you don't have Brady in your way with Deshaun Watson and the Texans and you have a window to make a run. But you do have to give credit to the Patriots. Just think how different all those teams were built. Like mm-hmm. when Brady kind of first took over, they were, you know, running team, really good defense with Teddy Bruschi and Vrabel and all those Solid guys. Solid defense. Yeah, winning, winning Super Bowls, you know, Vinatieri last-minute drives in the fourth quarter. And then they go into the years where they have, you know, Randy Moss and, they, you know, Brady's throwing over 50 touchdowns and just airing it all over the field. They turn into that. And then they turn in the team with, with two tight ends with, you know, Aaron Hernandez and, and Gronkowski eating you up on the inside with Wes Welker. And then they turn into underdogs last year. Yeah. And it's the world against us. And they did it again. And they beat the, the new up-and-comer Mahomes in, in yeah. the moment. And, and you see Brady take away everything. He said, okay, you got offense? Then watch this, kid. And that's what he did. You you want the ball back? Think again. Yeah, and they started running the ball more with Sony Michelle, and they just evolved, man. And I think that's just you know credit to Bill Belichick. And when you have Tom Brady, I mean, 
you know, you're, you're set. So, you know, just that is amazing that two of the best dynasties are from some of the same players. You know, Tom Brady being the main guy with those two. And you're right with the Rockets. It would have been nice to see, like, like how they would have done in the playoffs if they didn't have to deal with the Warriors. And, and maybe this makes the Rockets look a little worse now. If the Raptors come in and take care of business tomorrow night and the Warriors only win one game and the Rockets couldn't even force a game seven, it doesn't look good. Let's wrap this up with some picks. We teased the pick that we're going to be throwing a lot of money on. That's Kawhi Leonard to get MVP of the finals. And you ask yourself, man, that's easy. Well, the money doesn't say that. The price is at minus 127, a little bit over one-to-one for Kawhi to win this. So how can he not win it? Because every every game you've seen these role players is what's been spoken. Yeah. And that role players have stepped up. So are they going to give it to Siakam because he had that big game one and had – Decent games throughout. Are they going to give it to a green because he finally came alive? No. They're going to give it to Leonard at that price. So punch that in. Also punch in Portugal-Netherlands in the UEFA Nations League final. Portugal-Netherlands, both teams to score. If you waited that long, then you deserve it. Thank you again for tuning in on a beautiful Sunday. We try to wreck it like we always do. At Signing off for the squad. For Hector, for Andrew Carlson, for Josh Jordan and Jerry Bone Nose. Peace! with the latest innovations hitting the city of Houston by visiting innovationmap.com or follow them on any of your social media platforms. Just search Innovation Map.